You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. There's a place here at the table. Your coats go by the door. You can kick your shoes off in that pile on the floor. I hope you wore elastic because your waistband's going to get tight. Take time. Hi guys, it's Ari and Sophie, and you are listening to Having a Night, the podcast dedicated to reviving the lost art of the dinner party, among other topics of interest. Well, this week we're really going deep on one topic in particular. You know, we Sophie and I were like, what are we going to do this episode on? We've got these, you know, we just, last week we had on uh, Pierre Tiam, and then uh, next week we've got an incredible guest who shall remain a secret. And we're like, what are we going to do in between? I don't know. We kind of weren't excited about anything. And then we're like, what about corn? Kind of as a joke. But then I got, I think we both got really into it. At least I did. Oh, I'm very into it. Guys, I don't know if you're aware of this, but this, by the time you listen to it, was Corn Week for us. Yep. For us, the two of us at Having a Night, this was Corn Week. Chip Hour dedicated to corn, episode dated to corn. I've been listening to a lot of corn. I've been eating a lot of corn. Anyway. A second that, a lot, a lot of corn. And really, I learned a lot of corn in preparing for this episode. So <laughs> before we get to this highly interesting topic... Uh, what did you eat this week? There's a restaurant in my neighborhood that is one of my favorite places in New York, and it just reopened. I'm very excited about it. It's ABC Kitchen. Excellent restaurant. ABC V is their vegetarian one. And they combine, they have three restaurants, but they combined all three menus into one menu since there's like not that much room for outdoor dining. Oh, cool. So they had a vegan chocolate mousse that was so <laughs> Good. I'm telling you, you can do some wild stuff with like some coconut milk or coconut cream or whatever. It was so think, good. Yeah. You think that's how they got that texture? I think so. I mean, I've also eaten some pretty kooky vegan mousses that are made with tofu, which also creates an incredible texture because you can whip it, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm pretty sure this was coconut because it had that like extra note. With some little crumbles, like some crumbly stuff. I mean, a chocolate mousse in any form is one of my favorite things. But yeah, so I ate that. I hate, I was just realizing though, like everything that I've said recently, I haven't said a single thing that I've cooked for like five months, which is terrible. That's really interesting though, considering this is the time uh, this pandemic has been when most people who've never cooked are cooking the most. I think what's happened to me is that because my dad, if we're up in Millbrook, my dad cooks most of the meals. And if we're in the city, then like we're huh. trying to go out a lot to support restaurants. Yeah. So I think it's like, consequently, I just haven't been cooking that much. I'm, I mean, I'm excited to co- start cooking again. It just hasn't sort of escaped me, which, oh, the ironies of having this podcast, but. Oh, it's okay. You just have to have a night. It doesn't matter if you cook or not. You just have true. to feel good. What did you eat? If you watched 
our Instagram story from a couple days ago yesterday, I made carnitas with my family. We had a pork shoulder that we roasted on the rotisserie over a fire, a coal fire with some wood chips in it. It was delicious. And then we thinly sliced it. Um, we had it like for 24 hours in this uh, marinade in a rub with a I have a feeling that the recipe my dad was following for the rub was probably just a dry rub, but then he probably couldn't help himself because it was kind of swimming in a bath, like an inch deep of probably like some orange juice, maybe, uh, I don't know if there's some wine in it. So it was like a a nice little dry rub slash marinade, which that was pretty innovative. And then we just roasted that. We had a moment of panic, right? Because the rotisserie is moving slowly and you want to catch all of the drippings because when you shred carnitas, you need, you know, you have like that kind of, it's not, it's not wet, but you have, you like reincorporate the jus usually whenever I've made it at home, like in the instant pot or the slow cooker or just in the stove, whatever. But uh, we put a tin in the fire and the drippings were just falling in and the fire was so hot they were just burning off. Mm. So we had to like jigger this other system and put a grate underneath that was higher up with the tin. So that was a, that was a cool like MacGyver moment. I mean, I can't believe that you are talking about like a rotisserie carnitas over hot coals. And I'm like, "Mm, I went to a restaurant and I had a vegan chocolate mousse. I'm really going to up my game for next week. I'm ready. No, I think both valid though. It's super important to support all these restaurants. Whenever I'm in a city, whether it's when I've gone home to my apartment in Brooklyn or uh, to my parents' place in Chicago, all we do is go out every night. It just feels super important. Thank you for making me feel better. All right. Well, you know what I had those sweet carnitas on? Tortillas. And you know what tortillas are made out of most of the time or traditionally? Corn. God. Okay. Uh, Yellow or blue? Tortillas. Oh, yellow. But I, I cannot find blue corn tortillas to save my life. I've, it's been magical the times that I've had them. I feel like it's usually at a restaurant, but I was, I did have dinner, a socially distanced dinner at a friend's house, uh, like a month ago and they made some tacos on blue corn tortillas and they were exquisite. They're very good. So flavorful. Uh, I mean, and gorgeous. Very beautiful. Yeah. So these were a yellow. They uh, they were even probably a white corn varietal, but they were delicious. Some some cabbage slaw. Mm. Um, what we made like a corn salad kind of slash topping, which we could talk about later. Um, we had some yes. sliced avocado. We had like a, a cilantro and onion mix. We just had all the fixings. Some radish, mm. some cotija cheese. It was a great meal. Not gonna that's lie. a night. Let's start at the beginning. Let's go way, way, way back to Mesoamerica, where corn is originally from. Back when it was called maize, which means that which sustains us. Yes. It's so old that I read that uh, the archaeologists have found remnants of popcorn from 3600 BCE, which is nutty. Crazy is that. How were they popping their corn? Can we talk about that? I guess man did have fire in the year 3600 BCE. So presumably they were just popping it over fire, but like, wait. 
And there are also so many varieties of corn and only uh, one of them pops. So you think they were just like this one? No, this, or maybe they were just cooking the corn that way. And one of them started to go crazy. Okay. In my head, it was a bunch of people sitting around a fire. Duh. After they had gathered big bushels of corn and like everybody was putting their ear of corn into the fire just to cook it. And then one guy's basically like exploded into this beautiful airy creation. But wouldn't you be scared to taste popcorn if you saw it for the first time? I would be like, that does not look edible. Of course. If you even came back around to see what it turned into, I feel like I would have heard the noise and ran and wouldn't have stopped so until true. I found the next group of people to live with. <laughs> and like, yo, those people, something crazy happened at the fire. There's a ghost like situation. Now corn is the, it's the most produced crop in the world. And it, I think it's like the most versatile crop in the world. It's truly amazing. All the things that are made from corn. And uh, obviously it's extremely lucrative, lucrative. And uh, America is the biggest producer of corn because we love that money and we live in the perfect climate It does for corn. It doesn't uh, do well in tropical or subtropical climates. It's, you know, I'm talking about like Illinois, Wisconsin, Kentucky. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I wish that I had done a bit of research on Monsanto and could talk a little bit more about like trademarked corns and like, you Mm -hmm. know, the way that basically Monsanto has like affected farmers in other countries and all of these seeds that can kill other people's crops. Unfortunately, I did not do that research, but perhaps we will do more of a deep dive with a scientist at some point. But I always for, wanted to meet a scientist. Me too. Just any old scientist. Doesn't Anyone, matter. What any kind. Mm-hmm. A food scientist. A food scientist. But I agree. It is so versatile. I mean, it's crazy. Should we just like start naming corn as an ingredient? Sure. Right? Like corn syrup. Yep. Corn starch. Polenta. Yep. Well, that's the other thing. It's just in so many different cultures. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Uh, yeah. I mean, corn, you can, corn oil is, you can make ethanol. I mean, you're, that's what ethanol is. Like you, we fuel cars with corn. Exactly. God, it's really, I mean, you can make alcohol out of it. Very important mm-hmm. for this podcast always. Yeah. Soap, glue, America loves corn. America, America would not really be America good. without corn. We should all, there should be a corn, there should be a corn day. There should be a corn parade. I'm sure they're used to well, be the problem back in like is countries like, there. I think the problem is that like kind of every day in America is corn day because like every there's high fructose every, corn syrup in everything. Indeed. I think the corn lobby is a very strong. In fact, the corn lobby and the sugar lobby, I would be interested to know just what the story is. Is there like a big battle royale going on between the two of them? Because I think that the sugar lobby gave high fructose corn syrup a bad name because mm. No, sugar was mm-hmm. hoping people just eat sugar. I mean, wow, guys, it's crazy out there. And <laughs> <laughs> it that's very political, you know, very fast. But bottom line is, you know, at the end of the day, you got that corn cob and you can turn it into a pipe and smoke. That's, that's right. Don't you just want a corn cob pipe? I don't know if I've ever seen one. I'd really like one. Oh, you definitely have seen one. Do you think you could smoke pot out of it? For sure. All right, we will make one. I mean, how crazy is that? Just like thinking about, also just thinking about the structure 
of a corn, like of corn. It's so wild. It's so beautiful. I mean, it it's is. like green husk. And then there's this silk. Mm-hmm. And then these perfect little kernels around a very, very hard cob. I mean, a corn mm-hmm. cob is really a wonder of nature. I could go on. Now I'm joining the corn lobby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, well, for the purposes of this podcast, though, yes. we've got to keep it to not the kind of corn that is getting America in trouble, but just the most, just the delicious corn, organic corn, let's say, that we're buying in the summer. It might not be organic, but the yeah, local- I actually think organic corn no longer exists. But you know, regardless of its politics, we know we love corn. We're, we're allowed about to- summer corn. Yes, we're talking about summer corn. We're talking about when you go to the grocery store and there's just like a big bucket of corn, and it's like fifty cents for an an ear. An ear. Why is it an ear of corn? I wonder if it's because of like the way that they kind of fall off the stalks. It looks a bit like. It's a big stock with a bunch of ears hanging off of it. True. I must say there's something very kind of romantic slash like horrific and terrifying uh, about like the uh, an American like cornfield. Why like, getting is it lost so in a cornfield? I think because the stocks are so high. It's like a, it's a maze maze. It's a maze maze. Mm-hmm. It's a maze maze. God, uh, I love a I corn so- maze. I love a corn maze too. I've also never seen children of the corn. Maybe that's like part of why the it's a bit freaky deaky, but it feels very American to get lost in a cornfield and then it becomes night and then someone's chasing you with a chainsaw. Yeah, and that scarecrow that was totally fine during the day is now incredibly menacing. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Okay. <laughs> How do you like to eat your corn? Like we're talking corn on the cob before we even get into other stuff. I mean, when that sweet corn hit, like probably, I don't know, a month ago, I love to just boil it. I'm not a big fan of, I guess, steaming it, boiling it, kind of the same thing. I don't, do you do the milk thing? Some people put milk in the water, just boil it for like, I don't know, seven minutes. And when it's good, man, it is so good. I put the butter out on the table. Sometimes you don't even need it. I know. It's incredible. Just a little salt. Have you ever done this thing? I This is, I think, new for me. Someone puts out um, like just a stick of butter on the table and you take your corn cob because they're kind of the same length. Yeah. And you just roll your corn cob in the stick of butter and just pass the sticker up. All right. How do you usually do it? <laughs> you would like take butter and put it on your own plate. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. Your own family or like with friends, just use the whole stick of butter. Also, depending on how many, how many people you've got, that stick of butter may be gone. gone. Yep. Oh, it's so good. I'm with you. I'm a steamer or a boiler, usually a boiler just because it feels easier, like a steamer basket. What a headache, you know? Yeah. Um, the first time I ever cooked corn, like on my own, I remember looking up how long it would take. Uh-huh. And it literally varied, you know, it went from two minutes to like an hour and a half. I mean, people do not know how long to cook corn for. I'm not kidding. Like between New York Times, you know, Bon Appetit, Cooks Illustrated, like everybody had weirdly very wide ideas of how long you should cook corn for. I feel like I'm with you, right? Like seven to 11 minutes, like take off a kernel and see how it tastes. Yeah. I'm not a big grilled corn person. I prefer it boiled. What do you think? Well, I think I have a 
a recipe that would change your mind. Oh my God. Not to be eaten on the cob per se. I haven't done it. But last night, we I made a charred corn salad. That was unbelievable. Mm. So I love, I like the flavor. I'm just like, if I have corn, the idea of that sweet corn fresh from an ear, mm-hmm. it's like, it tastes so much more corny to me when it's just <laughs> been boiled or steamed than when it's been, you know, the grill just like imparts extra flavor, which exactly. is lovely. But, but not needed. Yeah. 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 I agree. Okay. Cooked versus raw. This, this could be a big topic for us. It could be a highly divisive topic. I'm not into raw, and but then I have a piece of raw corn. I'm like, oh yeah, it's good raw. I'm but so I, with you. I'm yeah. cooked. Like if you, if I get a salad and there's raw corn in it, I'm like, okay, I get. I mean, I'll eat it, but I it doesn't have the same appeal. It's I think actually like in cooking it, it does something to the sugars. I mean, it yes. must, right? Because yes. it's so sweet. So it's like the sugars get cooked and like they must, I don't know, release something. The well, texture and the flavor are totally different. Tell me what you find out. This is my theory. I don't know if this is true, but have you ever made a recipe that calls for you getting the corn cobs off of a raw yes. ear cob yeah. and then kind of taking the back of your knife over a bowl and getting like all that milky juice off of the bare cob and like yeah. almost wringing it like a um a towel because it has the cob itself has all of this like it's like milk sweet yeah. milk but that's when it's raw when you do um a cooked corn and get the kernels off there's nothing to there's no juice so i wonder if that like goes in whoa i mean look i am pulling shit out of my ass but but like truly, there's no recipe where you take the raw, the cooked corn off and then squeeze the cob. It's only Wait. when it's raw. Oh my God. The dinner party sleuths are on the trail. This yeah. is amazing. You're right. It's like the cob is totally dry after you've eaten all that cooked corn, whereas yes. a raw cob is quite wet. Um, right. That's so... I love that. I wonder if that is the case. I also feel like... It's funny because when you were saying that, I was like, oh, I, I feel like you can eat the cob. Like when you think about baby corn, mm-hmm. it's literally baby corn, I believe. As in like, really? I've had very, very baby corn before and you can eat the whole thing. You don't have to eat. Yeah, but I thought that was a different like species of food. So I've had, I forget where I was, but I was somewhere and it might just be like a different species of corn than the one that we have in the summer. But like I have had very small baby corn in a husk. Like it's, it's, yes. And like, you just eat the whole thing. So once upon a time, those cobs were edible, but maybe, I I don't know, don't try this at home. You'll probably just choke. Yeah, please. We don't want a lawsuit. We don't. Well, I listened to this podcast (laughs) if you guys can't tell we're idiots we don't know anything except that we love to eat and drink are you a big popcorn person i am i'm a big popcorn person i have popcorn multiple times a week i'm just gonna put that out there what kind so i have an air popper at home i had to you know get it on like ebay or something because nobody makes air poppers anymore you plug it into your wall it doesn't have an on off switch you just plug it into your wall and it no. starts going so you, i don't know about this oh it's oh my god Ari. also they're 20 bucks and it's like the greatest thing i use it all the time so you have your obviously unpopped kernels you pour it into the bottom on top there's like a little removable plastic 
dish that you put your butter into. So as your popcorn pops, the butter melts. melts. I mean, it is. And then it spews your your ready-made popcorn out into a bowl. It's the most mesmerizing thing. I love it. You know, I'll go butter, maybe olive oil, maybe nutritional yeast, some salt, some pepper. You vegan? I mean, Mm. yeah. So I'm a big popcorn person. What about you? I love popcorn as well. I love it as an alternative to a chip. When I want something somehow even lighter than a chip. Yes. Sometimes popcorn, it just truly feels like nothing. Exactly. But it's so so good. I'm into all types. I, we didn't, I realized we didn't include this in the Chicago series, but Chicago also big, the Chicago mix, caramel and and cheese popcorn, cheddar and Ah, caramel. Wait, are they together or it's like, mixed together? Yeah. Now here's the thing that I hate. Mm -hmm. Let's say you're going to like a fancy cocktail bar and it's very, you know, and they have like little nibbles and you order like smoked nuts and house made popcorn or whatever. And it comes and it's stale. No. You know what I'm talking about? Some places will serve you stale popcorn that you're paying for. If you're not paying, I don't care if it's stale, but like what? It's not acceptable. It's so cheap and it's so easy to make. You cannot be serving stale popcorn. However... I do. I mean, like, I love smart food. I love like a, the old school, like bags, popcorn, not fresh. Speaking I love, my like, language. Like, whatever that white cheese powder, I'm, I'm, I'm in. But it's not fresh, but it is covered in preservatives that make the texture taste fresh. Yes, it's like not what's chew- important. You don't want a chewy popcorn. Exactly. Like what's important to me is the image of freshness, uh-huh. not the actuality of freshness. You know. You know, a lot of integrity here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I just want the facade of fresh food. Also, I, I love that care. it's called smart food. It's like, I think if it was naked popcorn, which I mean, I'm very happy actually that popcorn has taken off so much that there's all these like coconut oil popcorns and stuff on the go because it's so delicious. And like smart food probably isn't that healthy. Certainly food. not. But every time I get it, like out of a vending machine, which is not that often, but there have been some desperate times. Part of me is just like, this isn't the healthiest choice in this vending machine. <laughs> it's not. It's not. But really, the word "smart" it's a uh, highly effective advertising. <laughs> that really gets you. I just have one cool fact about popcorn. Yeah, oh, sorry, oh, another one. All. So we associate movies and popcorn, obviously. And I was like, "Why is that? When did that come about?" And it was. Um, I guess at first, movies didn't want to serve any snacks, probably because of the cleanup and whatever they wanted to be different than theaters. But during World War II, they're like, all right, we've got to start serving snacks. And popcorn became the easiest thing because it is a snack without sugar. And I guess the sugar industry during World War II was just, it was really, really, it was much harder to get sugar. It was being rationed, whatever. Plus popcorn is something that they still, you can make in house. So it's fresh. So you don't have to, there's no third party. It's not being imported. It's not being, there's no package of it. You know, it's just, it is, it's a, it's part of the, it becomes part of the movie theater itself, which I just thought was so interesting. So amazing. Yeah. Yeah, That's really fascinating. I'm having like images of like the lone kernel of popped corn from 3600 BC, like the mummified kernel. I know it. Waiting to be discovered. My family would go on to do great things. Yeah. (laughs) 
popcorn, very important. We could probably do a whole episode on popcorn. But how else do you like to eat corn? Should we start with like going from recognizable corn to something like, you know, where the kernel has been decimated? What a great call. Things that are unidentifiable as corn, i.e. like corn syrup and corn flakes. Yeah. I want to have a moment to talk about like a corn pudding or like a corn souffle. Please teach me. I've never made one. So I, that's usually like one of my go-to dishes for Thanksgiving because I love it so much. And I feel like I would rather have like a cheesy corn pudding that's like pretty thick. Wow. It's really good. Or, or you could do like a proper corn souffle. But it's like, to me, it hits all of those notes that you want at Thanksgiving. Like I am not a marshmallows on sweet potatoes kind of a girl. Like I totally get why people like it, but it's like not for me. So this kind of like hits that sweet note, but you can also add like some, some cayenne to it. You could even add like a diced jalapeno and then the whole top covered in cheddar. So it gets like a really beautiful golden brown. And then you cut in and like, I want the spoon to be able to like perfectly cut a little wedge, you know, like sure, yeah, it's not soupy. It's, it's like, it's held firm, which may require a little bit of cornstarch, which is okay. Keeping um, it all in the family. Yep. Keeping it all in the family, puree mm. half of it with cream. And then the other half you keep in, in its full kernels. I just highly recommend it. It's one of my favorite ways to eat corn. I, I would maybe next time I'll do like tiny individual ramekins. Ooh, you know, like, we love that side dish. Yeah. Yes. We love that. Our little individual corn supplies. Speaking of pureeing half, leaving half whole, which I think is totally key. My mom this summer has really perfected her corn chowder. Oh. I don't know what makes a chowder a chowder. It's a corn soup. It is incredible. Starts with onions and celery and corn and potatoes and lets that go. I think there's probably, she just adds milk. You can do it with buttermilk. You can do it with regular milk. You can do it with coconut milk. Mm. I think you let that go. Eventually you puree half of it. You take half out, maybe put it in a blender. And then you add in some chunks of like zucchini and corn. And I I don't know what it is, Sophie. It's it's all I want all the time. And it's, it's, actually better cold. It's so I was about to say, good. is it a chilled or is it a warm? I mean, I love a, a chilled corn soup is divine. Divine. I was just thinking about like, cr- like what is a cream of corn soup versus a corn chowder? And I have a feeling that a corn chowder is chunkier and maybe has yeah. other elements to it. Like I could imagine like a potato in there or like you were saying, like yeah. a zucchini, maybe even like a tomato without, you'd have to take out the seeds. Yeah. Don't want to taint the color. Yeah. But you could do a red pepper or some yeah. Just exactly. there's some yeah. chunks in there. Oh, oh it's my good. God, I love and a corn soup. Truly amazing. Takes so well to herbs, to hot sauce, just because it's yeah. sweet and but savory. It's it's summer. It you is can summer. Add a little bit of basil. I'm picturing <sighs> us all having a big garden party. I'm meaning, you know all of us, the whole world when COVID is over <laughs> and us serving like little tiny shot glasses of mm-hmm. a corn soup of like almost a corn velouté. Oh, oh my God. Wow. With a little bit wow. of basil. Mm. Yes. Gorgeous. Also gorgeous. I love when you, when you know something is called corn chowder and you, you see that it's yellow and you see corn kernels also. Just when you see the vegetable being used in multiple ways, it feels good. 
It's it's true. It does feel good, which is a good segue into succotash, another yes. feel good corn food. So what it makes a succotash different from like a ratatouille? Oh, well, well, I think a ratatouille requires like a stewed component, like a stewed tomatoey component. So mm-hmm. whether you're using like eggplant or zucchini, I feel like, can you make ratatouille with anything else? I'm not really sure. Maybe you could do like a nope. leek ratatouille, I guess. But I feel like a succotash is not like stewed together for a really long time. I feel like it's almost like thrown together, right? It's like True. your corn is cooked. Your, maybe you're going to put in like some fava beans. Maybe you're going to put in yeah. some like, you know, who knows what you're going to put in there. Maybe some tomatoes again. But like, I think things are kind of prepped individually and then it's uh-huh. all mixed together over heat for a moment as opposed to like stewed together until it becomes like a, Homogenized a mass. No, yeah. yeah. I love that. that That's I, what I believe. It's more, it's almost like a slaw, but not. It's a Yeah. And there are so many, just thinking about it, I'm like, wow, what makes the succotash a succotash versus a slaw? Like it's, because you could say corn slaw and I would be like, yeah, totally, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think slaw requires mayo is the feeling that I'm having on my, on the inside. Or that it's only ever served cold. And I feel like there are times when you have succotash that is warm. A warm succotash, like on the side, on like the side of a piece of salmon. Yeah, exa- exactly. Like my thoughts. Mm-hmm. Now, I, in my head, succotash always has cream in it, but it doesn't actually. Right. In my head, it doesn't. But in my mm-hmm. head, it's like a very like Southern, like kind of a creamy thing. But I guess player's choice. You put or you Yeah. Put. Yeah. But speaking of succotash-ish things, I had mentioned earlier, I made this charred corn salad yesterday and I charred ears of corn and zucchini and uh, red peppers Mm-hmm. And you just chop everything to about the size. Then you take the corn kernels off and you chop everything else up like to about that size. Right. And something, and then you serve it cold with a, you know, a lot of herbs and just like a really light vinaigrette. But there's Ooh. something about like a salad of cooked or charred vegetable, summer vegetables served cold, all it, something about it being all the same size. Yes. So satisfying. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to like compare you to Chipotle, but their corn salsa is incredible. And is sort of a bit like that where like the onions are kind of cut to the same size as the, here I am holding my kernel of corn as the corn. Like it's all very uniform in a way that is lovely. And I also always get it in my burrito. It's so Mm -hmm. good. You love Chipotle more than anyone else. And that's why I love you. I really do. I really do love Chipotle. Are you a big corn and a salad person? In the summer, yes. But only if I don't like it with a trillion things in it. Like if I'm going to have corn in the salad, I want the corn to be like a highlight of the salad. So I like a corn with arugula and maybe some red onion. I like a, I love like a super duper summer produce celebration. That's like heirloom tomatoes with some sliced really sweet white onion topped with some corn. Like almost like a corn caprese situation. Yeah. But no, I'm not like throwing everything in like I'm like I'm at the buffet at an old folks' home, like a bad steak restaurant buffet that like has mm-hmm. corn sitting in a whole bunch of water. Basically, I'm just not into it. I'm like, I, yeah, I want my corn. If I've got corn, then I want that to be the central ingredient, not right. not an accent. Okay, I think we should maybe segue into 
finely milled corn, i.e. polenta, grits, cornbread. Yes. Corn chips. It comes from milled corn. I mean, God, I love polenta so much. I love polenta so much. I can't believe that it comes from corn. How cool is that? So cool. It's uh, it's so versatile. It's truly insane. I think I had read once a long time ago that it, it it's a really... Um, it's, it's chemical really, compound. Uh, yes, it's chemical, whatever. <laughs> whatever that is, super simple. And it's really easy to get in there and change it. And that's why, you know, Monsanto and all these places, they can supercharge it or, or, or warp it. Wow, that's really On a molecular level, it can be changed very easily. Oh my God. A, yeah. That I makes think. a ton of sense. Yeah. Polenta, grits, et cetera, cornmeal. That's just taking corn that's been dried and, and just pulverizing it. And the things you can do with it, it's amazing. Now, saying? are they pulverizing the cob? Hello? Ooh, I don't think Important so. question. You don't, don't think so? Think. Then you think that like small hands are going in there and taking every kernel off the cob? I don't think so. They must be pulverizing the whole thing. This no, is I think crazy. machines do it. Yes, I know. But I'm saying like, how could a machine... Oh my God, guys, we really need to do some research on this. I'm sorry. <laughs> Wait, we got to know. But well, being, once yeah. it's pulverized, boy, do we love it. Yeah. Well, it's true. Even polenta, I, I'm more familiar with polenta than grits, but the, the versatility of polenta, being able to make it into squares, bake it off, fry it, or have it be creamy oh, and, God, and soupy know. even. It's, it's incredibly comforting and a great way to enjoy corn in the winter. Because I don't really want yes. polenta in the summer. Although, you know, give me some polenta with some fresh corn on top. Holy. I was about to say, imagine yeah. like a small, imagine like a, like a small triangle of pan fried polenta with that's like when you cooked it, you put on mm-hmm. Parmesan so that there's like a little bit of like browned Parmesan on top, but it's, uh-huh. it could be cold. It doesn't have to be hot. could be maybe mm-hmm. lukewarm topped yep. with some corn and yep. Maybe corn and a tomato mix. I mean, delicious. I'm wow. Yeah, thinking about uh, polenta grits and and corn as a as a partner to seafood. It's oh like yeah, so beautiful. We we had these crab cakes and we put that corn chowder kind of around it. Well, you know, just in, insane. Crab and corn go very well together. It's true. Yeah, and shellfish also go well together. Yeah, yeah shrimp and grits. Oh, shrimp and so grits. One of my favorite meals. God, just really good grits with some butter in them. I mean, that's all you need. Yeah. You could even go maple syrup if you wanted to go a sweet root. I mean, wow, 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 wow. Also with your cornmeal, obviously you're probably making cornbread. Yes. Cornbread. And now here's my feeling about cornbread, which is it's so delicious. I love it so much. It could basically be an appetizer, a main, an hors d'oeuvre, a dessert, doesn't matter. It's so good. I'm very bad at making cornbread. I've never made an excellent cornbread. It's always very dry for me. I don't know why. It's like, I think maybe I need to add more. You think? I've doctored up a boxed mix with like yogurt and sour cream. Oh, okay. I feel like I always try to make it from scratch and it's a disaster, but like a Jalapeno cheddar cornbread in a muffin tin. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Goodbye. Ooh, you can make a corn popover. It's just a side note. But yes, I've never done it from scratch. I'm 
a total cheapo Midwesterner in that way. I just want the mix, but I, I love doctoring up a, a mix. And it's, yeah, a sour cream, a yogurt. I, I hate to say it, Sophie, but like a mayo could help with moisture and you won't taste it. No, you're probably it. right. I, yeah, exactly. I don't mind, I don't mind baking with mayo. Yeah. Uh, I made some great cornbread, I think last summer. I pre-made it for what uh, we went camping and then we brought it. And I made some jalapeno butter to go with Ooh. it, just warm it up. God, that's good. I mean, I think I do think a cornbread that's like one of those. If you are camping and you've got that, that is the best treat to pull out. Yeah. Uh, cornbread and chili. I don't even like chili, but if cornbread is involved, I'll eat it. I hope you guys are listening to this episode and realizing just why we have to do a whole corn week because this is a very versatile crop. It's My incredible. God. Do you use cornstarch and is the bad rap deserved? I don't understand why it has a bad rap. I use it not a lot because I don't do things. I feel like I don't cook things often that need, I feel like it's more of a dessert thing. Like it's to thicken things. Or it's great if you're like making a stir fry or something and you want to have like a thing. Oh, yes. Yes. That's why I, I need to get more into like stir frying certain Chinese recipes, like just thickening up. Like yeah. a glaze. It's also magical. It's crazy. You're like, really? This powder is suddenly going to make what I'm, what I'm making feel like I'm in a restaurant? It's, so, it's really incredible. Yeah. I don't really know what the bad rap is for. I wonder if, again, it's just those, that sugar lobby getting in there. I have no, I know, I have no idea. Yeah. I mean, it's probably insanely processed, but I don't know. It's, I don't know if it's bad for you or if it's more of a political thing. Yeah, I don't it know. It works because I know you could probably also use gelatin, but yeah, but gelatin probably is not like as easy. Process exactly. Like gelatin, yeah, you know, it's like cornstarch. You put it in, and like it's thicker. It's pretty great. I, however, would never use corn syrup, high fructose corn syrup. Same, same. It's everywhere. It's incre- It's cheaper to make than sugar. We can make it here. Sugar, I think we have a harder time making here. We have to import it. It's also a very, very water intensive crop. So. Yeah. Right, I'm just thinking yeah. about tamales because I love tamales so much. Oh tamales is me God. too. And like a perfect example of, so corn is not only the, the kernels but and the cob as we talked about, but the whole thing can be used. I think the stalks are used for ethanol. The entire crop is used, which is a beautiful thing. But I mean, with a tamale, it's not being genetically modified. It's just that that is the corn husk being put yeah. to use to help cook the the inside of the tamale. I think that's just so great. Me too. That's Me all. Too. That's all. That's all we're saying. Do you want to talk a little bit about like corn as dessert? What do you think? I think we should. Well, exactly. I was talking about that that ABC that I love so much. I just saw that they are doing a sweet corn pudding with blueberries that looks so beautiful. I mean, and that just so that good. milky yellow color. I think I think corn as dessert is very cool. I think corn ice cream is dish. So dish. There was that Cones, this one ice cream place in the West Village that closed a few years ago was this Argentinian ice cream place and they had corn ice cream and it was, it blew my mind when I was like 18 years old. Oof. Unbelievable. Again, some pureed corn, probably in like a vanilla base with some kernels in it. It was delicious. Yep. I'm not a big caramel corn person. That's fine. I'm not either. 
Oh, okay, great. I was worried that I was going to get like reamed out because I feel like that's the other, right. That's sort of the other like classic way of eating some corn in a sweet way, extra sweet way. Yeah. No, it's like, it's to me, it's not, a, it's more of a snack and I'm not one to eat like a high, highly sugary snack. So Same. it's really yeah. no time for caramel corn in my life. Me too. There's just no time. I don't have time for that. It's like if it was around and like maybe I was like a few beers in, I would be like, I guess I'll give it a try. But it's not my, it's just not my thing. Yeah. If there's cheddar popcorn. That's my, certainly my thing. Exactly. (laughs) Definitely my thing. My damn. Okay. Booze. Is there anything else that we want to talk about? Do we want to talk about the band Corn and like how they were... What do you know about the band Corn? What do I know about the band Corn? Um, the lead guy, I'm pretty sure, had dreads. I was a little bit scared of them when they first came out. I thought they were a little freaky. They were a little insane clown posse slash slipknot to me, but definitely more on like the subtle side of that. Uh-huh. Um, but I feel like it was a lot of like, you know? yeah, that's the whole thing. Corn with oh, Freak on a Leash. Oh my God, of course. Freak on a Leash. Oh yeah. Very good video. Great song. Would you so, like to play us out? Turns out I'm a massive Corn fan. <laughs> Do you want me to play it? No. Can you sing some of it? Do you remember any of it? No, I would have to play it. But I think, but as we sign off, and he did in fact have dreads. Thank God I was right. Um, I, I remember. We sign off. But in my head, he looks like the guy from, is it Sync or Backstreet? Who is the one? Chris? From in sync, I want to say it does look. And a I'm bit, getting him confused. I would say his hair sprouts a little bit less, like right from the center of his head. You know the way that Chris sort of almost looked like a <laughs> uh-huh. character from The Simpsons. A hundred percent. It's more like lanky, lanky dreads. So, guys, we we really <laughs> we have more to say than we thought on corn, but we will leave you with that for this week. And we hope that you are enjoying the late summer corn in all of its sweet, curdly glory. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Colin. Thank you, Sophie. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you to corn for being corn. The crop America was founded on. Can you hear it? No. (laughs) And thank you, corn with a K. Thank you, Corn, with a K. So, you know, keep listening to Corn, watch Children of the Corn, make a corn cob pipe, smoke something out of it, send us a pic. Oh, we yeah. will see you. Talk to you next week, guys. Talk Thanks to you next listening. week, guys, for our final episode of season two. Season two has been going for 50 episodes. So, we are finally ready to wrap it up. So, you know. Check out our season finale next week with a very special guest who you'll find out about next week. All right. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.